Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we help you find and follow Jesus. He's the author of life, and following him is the only way to live life. Originally, this podcast started as a live stream called Theology Thursdays. It was named that because guess what? We talked about Jesus on Thursdays. So you'll hear that name throughout the podcast. Although the name has changed, it is still the same real conversation about helping you find and follow Jesus. So let's get into the episode. Hey, well, welcome to Theology Thursdays. Glad you're tuning in, joining us. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, we're hoping this is a helpful time. It's brand new for all of us. Um, we got a panel here. Just quick introductions. I'm Scott. I'm Craig. And uh, I'm Kyle. Last but not least, I'm Ben. Ben, all right. And so we're hanging out here, and uh, we want you to engage with us as we're going through this. It's really just a conversation. So um, we're looking at John chapter 1. We don't have a lot of stuff planned. We even were kind of talking to each other a little bit during the week, and we said, oh, let's just wait till Thursday. Uh, we want you to join in. So if you have a question or a comment, put that in the chat, and uh, maybe we'll get to it today and interact with you. And if you're watching later... Why don't you yeah. email us at info at mc.life, mm -hmm. and we'll come back, and I think we're going to try and do this weekly. Yeah, so. put Theology Thursday in the subject line and send us a comment or a question, and we'll uh, catch it up for the next week. Yeah, yeah but even if you are watching later, feel free to comment. Even if you're not commenting live, we'll still interact with you later on throughout the week, uh, or it'll obviously add to the conversation that we have in subsequent weeks. So uh, feel free to comment whether you're watching at noon or you're watching at midnight if you're up, we know. Can't sleep. This is a great bedtime <laughs> activity great. right here. <laughs> this will definitely help you get to sleep. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> if you're not. watching this at 1 a.m., please let us know because that's awesome. Please let us know. I have had somebody tell me, a regular person um, who watches our messages online for years when uh -huh. they can't sleep they at just like put, 1 or 2 in the morning. Put one of us on. Or me. If you're watching, you know who you are <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, oh, that's funny. So I don't know what that means. But anyways, Theology Thursday uh, we're just trying to be helpful, talk about Jesus, talk about who he is and how we can intersect our lives. And so even if you're brand new to maybe uh, checking out Jesus or what the Bible or God is all about, uh, we're glad you're tuning in. Maybe a friend shared this with you and thought it would be helpful. And we're just looking at uh, John, and uh, John is a follower of Jesus, um, and we're going to look through the account that he wrote called the Gospel of John. And uh, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we're just going to read through that kind of chapter a week, uh, or we'll see how it goes. Uh, some Like this first chapter is pretty... I was going to say, we'll see if we get through <laughs> chapter one. Pretty hefty. Uh, we might be here for a month. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but John was just a regular regular dude. He was. He, was a, he, had, he had a family fishing business, and him and his brother were fishing, and uh, Jesus came to them and said, hey, why don't you come follow me and check, who, check me out, who I am. And uh, he was like a construction worker of the day, you know, for us to kind of relate to who he is. Anybody else have something thought on John and who he is before we get into what he wrote? Yeah, Ben, you had some thoughts there on the background of this account? I probably had some more thoughts about, like, what he wrote. Okay. So, okay. like, who he was, that's helpful, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had a brother, right? Yep, the two of them. He had, a, we know he had of. a dad. He had a dad, probably. <laughs> no, they, and a mom. Uh, James and John, right? <laughs> yep. It was like a throw-out, lead-out question. I though. thought he was going to jump oh, on okay. it. Right? All right. James and John, they both were one of Jesus's 12 original followers. Mm -hmm. And they jumped, they were family business fishing, and Jesus said, why don't you come follow me, check me out. And they both left their jobs, left their work, and came and followed Jesus uh, and began uh, following him around and being part of the, the way of Jesus. 
Yeah, and what you'll see as you read John's gospel, just uh, his understanding as a friend of Jesus, right? That he understood who he was in his position. He often refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved, which is kind of being like, yeah, I'm, I'm Craig's best friend. He really likes me, right? <laughs> uh, I'm it, Craig's favorite son. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, uh, at first, it's kind of a weird way to refer to yourself, but as you understand John's understanding of his relationship with Jesus, that they were close, and he closely followed Jesus and was his friend, and Jesus was his teacher, and he understood that, and we see that all throughout his writing as his status as a, a friend and a person who was dearly beloved by Jesus. Yeah, and, and he serves as a great example to all of us of what a relationship with Jesus is really all about. It's about knowing that you're loved by Jesus and loving him in return and then loving other people. Yeah. And John models that for us perfectly, wonderfully. Yeah. All right, he, maybe not perfectly, right. but he does a great does job. does a great job. Yeah, I think he does a great job at what he writes, and I, I love the perspective where it comes from. For me, it's, it's, it's important to know what John is really talking about. I, I think Matthew, Mark, and Luke really do a good job at talking about things that Jesus did, but John really focuses on who Jesus is and who he was That's a good point. and who he is for us. And so when you're reading it, uh, it, it, it leaves out a lot of the things that Jesus did, right? It do, I mean, it doesn't have his birth, doesn't have his baptism, doesn't have the temptation in the wilderness, doesn't have confrontations with demons. Like, it doesn't have a lot of the other things that uh, the Gospels have, the other Gospels have, is because it's talking about more who he is. And so I think it's important to know that's the perspective it's coming from. Yeah. Right, and the literary style is very different. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic Gospels and follow a fairly similar pattern. John writes with a completely different format, and he's writing to a different audience. He's trying to address the, the prevalence of Gnosticism in the day. They were trying to super-spiritualize this whole idea that Jesus was just a man and that the Spirit of Christ came on him at his baptism. That was a prevalent teaching. And John's writing and saying, no, that's not how it, how it is. That's not who he was. Let me correct the record here. Let me help you think this through more accurately. All right. So before we jump into John chapter 1, uh, you guys look like smart theological people. <laughs> uh, I brought in a little fun game. Um, Kyle actually has these cards, and sometimes he whips them out. They're Bible baseball trivia, and we've been having fun at our house. I don't know why, but we've been doing hangman, like, in the mornings, doing oh. hangman, like, while we're eating breakfast That's, together. Uh, we do that a lot with our middle school guys' small group yeah. at Fusion, so Hayden might have picked that up. He That's probably did. The, one of their favorite games. We do it. It's pretty fun while we're eating and cooking. Hayden's one of Scott's sons, if you don't know. We're uh, doing that. So, anyways, I thought this would be fun. couple of you guys could play along at home uh -oh. comment with the answers. You can pick a, a easy question, so a single and they get harder, right? Single, double, triple, or a home run question. Some of these are stupid, just being <laughs> honest. <laughs> this is just for fun. This is just kind of random. Not, like, am, am I the only one who's never seen these cards? I'm at a correct. You've never played said. Bible baseball no. in my office? They're, they're, do it all they're the not time. even always that helpful. They're just like <laughs> random nope. trivia. Some right. of them are like spelling. Like, how right. do you spell Jehoshaphat? It's like, come on. Come I mean, that on. doesn't right, matter. Like, who wants to go first? Like, who cares? Yeah. All right, Craig, you want to go first? Apparently. Pick a single, double, triple, or Well, let me start off with a single. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jesus told a story to illustrate how we should love our neighbors. And what is... That gives you multiple choice as like, oh. I don't know, I should... What was it, the parable of the sower, parable of the good Samaritan, or the story of the prodigal son? The good Samaritan. All right, great job. You're on base. Here we go. Who's next? Who's next? Who's I'll go next. That was you an easy one. Well, hey, yeah, you got to get my triple. feet wet. A triple? Who was Paul's uh. companion on his first missionary journey? Paul's companion on his first journey. 
Because Paul had like a couple Jeez. Ford journeys. His first, well, my first thought came with Silas, but it's not Silas because that was later. Uh, Timothy was maybe first. Dude, this is bad. Who's the eunuch? What was his name? Don't I got this one? Don't don't steal it. I want to. I want to. I feel smart. I actually <laughs> knew these. For, you know what? Sw- just sorry, swing. Just swing. Know. Just if swing. If you're thinking eunuch, you're on the wrong track. Yeah. Okay. Then um, I, Jehoshaphat. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's not Jehoshaphat. Was it Barnabas? It was Barnabas. Barnabas. There you go. Yeah. Okay. My wife probably knew that. Sorry, babe. She's watching. I think. <laughs> All right. Here, let me let me let me hit you with the home run. Hey, question. Lois got it. Nice job, Lois. All right, Lois. I think that was your second guess, though. Or maybe one was Jerry's and one was yours. I'll say <laughs> you were right, Lois, and Jerry's. Okay, ready? I'm going to come back to you. I feel like this is a good one. It's a home run question. Oh, God. That's harder ready? than a triple. Who to whom did Jesus say you must be born again? Nicodemus. Nailed it. There it is. <laughs> That's a home run, baby. Thank you. Home run. Uh, that was, let me that was as easy yeah. as the totally, totally Hey, write in the comments so. who that, what, what movie is that for? That was as easy as the Good Samaritan. How come I didn't get a home run for my answer? Do you want an easy one? You got multiple one? choice. <laughs> it's like got oh, I see. Okay. So, so, yeah, again, these are sometimes, you know, maybe helpful, maybe not. Ready? Here's a triple for you, Craig. In what city were Paul and Barnabas called gods? Ooh. Oh, okay. I read that with my daughter the other day. I want to say that's Athens. Oh, that's, what, that's what I was going to guess, too. That's not correct. Ooh. That's not correct. That's not correct. I think if you commented without looking it up and Googling it, you beat Craig. Yeah, hey, good for you if you got it uh, right. What is the answer? Rome? No, it's not Rome. Rhymes with like a mouthwash. What? Lystra. Oh, Let me ask you one. We got to move right. on. Let's, what do you want? Let's do one more. Let's what do you want? Get the moderator. Oh, I'll go home run. Might oh. as well. Just swing in for the fences. Okay. Okay. I saw Jesus feed the 5,000. I brought the boy with the five loaves and two fish to Jesus. Who am I? Mm. Oh. The guy who went and got the boy. Um, Some music. I know. I'm going to go... You, I want to go like real obvious, but then I'm second guessing myself, thinking it's not <laughs> one of the obvious. Like I wanted to just go Peter was my first thought, so I'll I'm, just go Peter. If I'm right, his name is actually mentioned in John chapter one. Who are you going to Andrew? Guess? Andrew is correct. Wow. Yeah, right. home run for That's Craig. off. Good job. All right, All right so. hey, and I tied it into our text. There right? you go. That'll How's that for a segue? That'll swing <laughs> us back so around good. to John chapter one. Yep, and. We're just using John chapter 1 as a launching point for our conversation, and it is really a conversation. So like all good conversations, we're going to take all of the fun and necessary rabbit trails. Right. And, and I think it's important to know that we all disagree a lot. Yeah. And so we want, honestly, we want to have a conversation with you. So if you disagree, like, it's okay to disagree. Disagree or just have a different viewpoint yeah. on stuff. 100%. Uh, yeah, we're not trying to have one thought here. If, for some of you that may not be aware, the idea for this came out of the fact that we meet on a regular basis, weekly, and then sometimes we'll go all day off-site and have these kinds of conversations around biblical topics and themes and relevant things. And uh, when, when we get going, I mean, we it gets vigorous, and we talk over the top of each other, but it's really helpful and and it uh, hones our thinking and gets us really able to, to focus on what's really important. And so we thought, we'll just invite you into the process. Very unscripted, very unrehearsed. Uh, we're just taking a look at God's Word and wrestling with it. Yeah, and we want to know who Jesus is. I mean, that's really the goal is to know who Jesus is. And so Jesus lived on earth, and we're going to read that here in the first couple of verses. I'm going to read those verses in a second. But he lived on earth, 
And so then there was eyewitnesses to his life and death and resurrection, and John was one of them. Mm-hmm. And so then he just wrote that down, made an account of it. Uh, Luke, like, he, he mentions, right, that, that he said there's a bunch of other people that took this task of, like, making a thorough, detailed account of the life of Jesus, and he, he took a stab at it. And so it's not like the Bible came first and then the life of Jesus. It was like Jesus lived, and so then guys recorded it because it was so important that God wanted to be able to uh, communicate to all of us, like, who, who he is. Yeah, and, and we're saying this is a conversation about Jesus because that's really the point. Right. We, we don't want to lose sight of, you know, sometimes in conversations and debates about what a, a verse means, that kind of thing, we'll, we'll get really deep in the weeds and lose sight of the big picture because the, the big picture is really the most important thing. That's what the conversation is about. It's, and, and all of the, the conversation hopefully will help all of us have our attention pointed toward Jesus. I, I really love the passage in Luke 24, where Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus with the two individuals that don't realize that it's the resurrected Jesus. And it says that Jesus began to teach them the things in the scriptures, which were the Old Testament scriptures. There was no New Testament scripture yet. The things in the scriptures that pertain to him. In other words, in all of the Old Testament, there are all kinds of things that pointed toward Jesus. And Jesus was just trying to help them see that. And of course, all the more, even in the New Testament, and so if our studies and our reading and our conversations help us focus on Jesus, mission accomplished. And when, they, when he read those things, their hearts leapt and yes, were excited. Something, yeah, something yeah, was... There was a spiritual awakening, yeah. a dynamic that had, they had not experienced before as mm-hmm. they're hearing those scriptures they were familiar with. And then Jesus leaves and they're like, that was amazing what happened. Yeah. Because Jesus was revealed. To them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in, in John, like you, you pointed out, Ben, earlier, John's approach on why he's writing this gospel is to, he didn't include some of the other stuff. So how yeah. he starts, he's trying to write to some people who are not familiar with Jesus, yeah. not familiar with Judaism and looking for Jesus to show up. So he's writing to non-Jews and Jews alike. And that's the reason why he starts the way he does, because it's grabbing the attention of non-Jews. Because um, he uses this term, this title for Jesus called Word. He's the word. And you kind of read that at first. You're like, that's weird. We're going to read it here in a second. Um, But it's relevant to Jews as it was a proclamation of God's word coming and being with people and coming and doing what he was going to do. But it was also a way to grab Greek readers. Right, because it was a Greek word, uh, logos, which meant a lot to them. Thinking, reasoning. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was very. So as soon as they read it, they're like, oh, what else do you have to say in this story? But then again pointing back to the Jewish understanding of Genesis 1, right? That in the beginning, right. speaking back to the beginning of the world and the creation story, he's drawing in both of those audiences and speaking powerfully to them, but in like a, this unique way that we don't see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke with this understanding of, again, he doesn't start off with the birth of Jesus. He doesn't start off with a lineage. He starts off pointing back to the very beginning of time and to the power of who Jesus was at the beginning and will always be, and then just kind of opens up this just beautiful picture of who Jesus is and yeah. will always be. I'm going to read it since we're just talking all yeah, about it. Let's do it. Uh, I'm just going to read uh, just the first couple of verses here. John chapter 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light, that, uh, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness 
has not understood it. And so let's just kind of pause right there. And <laughs> there's a lot going on, Ooh. like, right, right? We've already talked about. Sure. Um, well, right away, I mean, we, we've got a clear message. Uh, everything that is was made by Jesus, and Jesus is God. He's the creator. Yeah. And yeah. he's been there from before the beginning, certainly in the beginning, and even before that, he always has been. And when you think about that from a, for me, for a, from a personal level, like what, what does that mean for me right now? And just, just the thought of, like, if God was before everything, then he knows what I'm feeling right now, which is hard to think on a big level that Jesus, that God, like, loves me, knows me, intricately made me, and he made the whole world. It's really hard to wrap my brain around the fact how big he is, but yet how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is was before the creation of the earth and he's after and he's alpha and omega and all those things, it just kind of helps me realize that, okay, God's, God's got me. Like he's so much bigger than just what I'm facing today and bigger than COVID and bigger than, you know, divorce and bigger than pain and bigger than so many of the things that we feel right now. Mm-hmm. We're so little in this grand scheme. It's like me picking up a grain of grass. It's like, that's not a big deal to me. Like, I can handle that. Yeah. Like God's got me. Like he can handle me. It, he, he's way before me, and he'll be yeah. way after me. Yep. Yeah, insane. And, and he is life. Yeah. Like, he is our life. He is the essence of life, the creator of life. It's not just he likes life or has life, but you talk about understanding the totality of, like, what we're going through and what yeah. we're experiencing in life because he is life. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like, And John really, again, sets out in this book to really reveal to us the nature of this word, to reveal to us the nature of who Jesus is and his desire to share this life that he has created with us, his creation, right? That God created everything and God created light and life. And then John is going to attempt to explain how it's God's desire to share that with us, to share creation with us, to share in this beautiful design that he made with us as his beloved creatures. And again, John's understanding of all of this really does start and stem from that idea of being loved by God. Right. Um, I'd like us to fast forward, if we can, through uh, a couple of verses there and get to um, verse 9 where it talks about the true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Hmm. He came to that which was his own, the nation of Israel, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So right away, as I said earlier, John is, is mindful of the importance of the incarnation, that God became a human being, that God actually became a person. Yeah, verse 14, you didn't read that one. Yeah, that's we didn't get that far says, yet. That's what you're saying next. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Exactly. That, that Jesus, that God became, took on humanity. Right. And there are so many religions in the world today, and philosophy uh, often will get, uh, get going down this same road of uh, relating to what Jesus taught and who Jesus was as if somehow he was um, a super spiritual human being, that he... Um, he was just a man, but then uh, at his baptism, the Christ spirit came on him, and that's where he got all his wisdom and stuff. Right. And John, right off the bat, hits that right on, on, the, on the head and says, no, that's not how it was. He's actually God, and he actually became a human yeah. being. Uh-huh. And, and it's important for us to understand that because that's one of the anchors of our faith as we live out our faith in this world today. 
But isn't it uh, so true the other way? Are you are you aware there's a new documentary out? Because I know these guys are about Michael Jordan. It's called The Last Dance. Yeah, I've, I've heard it advertised. So no, good. Not watching so it. good. Oh if my you're gosh. watching that, you know what I'm talking about. thinking about it. <laughs> so Honestly, so, so excited good. for Sunday. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Episodes three and four. Sunday because out. of church and live stream at yeah, 10 a.m. Yeah. Right. Yeah, That's exactly. why you're excited. Sunday you're so excited. Sunday, seven o'clock. Two new episodes of The Last Dance. That's just. Let's see. Jesus. So good. Michael, Michael. Jesus. Anyway, where are, we? are they going to play the song like "Let's Dance, the Last Dance"? You know that song? Yeah. yeah. No. no. Okay. Where, song, where were you going Beatles? with this? No, that's some. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, help us out. Where are we going? Um, we got people listening. I did find out because I was watching with my kids one time. There's a there's a um, censored version and an uncensored version. Oh, so I saw Yes. If you don't want f bombs, watch. It does. It does say on the thing when it comes back from commercial. It does say this program does contain. one episode censored and one anyway. My point is this: in the yeah, what is your point? It was. It was highlighted for me in that documentary. They take a trip. They're in uh, France, and he's he's getting an introduction. And the guy that's introducing him, some talk show, introduces him, Michael Jordan, as someone who's godlike. And I just think mm. of how much he. I mean, he was at that time. Yeah. Um, in, in like in the sports world. It, no, in the world, like beyond the sports world. You should watch I see. the documentary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, you're impressed. But with how him. many of us as people, as humans, are trying to be godlike? Mm. We're trying to go reverse of what Jesus did. We're humans trying to, be, trying to trying, become God. Yeah, humans mm. trying to come become godlike, get attention, get status, get power. And just how much of like in my own life, like that you're trying to go trying to be in charge, become of like your life. God yep. in that way. And then here's Jesus, who is God and was with God from the beginning, took humility on and became flesh. Yeah, that's a great insight and a great contrast, and, and it really goes to the heart of the difference between Jesus and every other religion. Jesus is, in my opinion, the most anti-religious person who ever lived. I mean, he was not about religion. It was about a relationship, and religion is what you're talking about. It's religion is man's effort to try to be be, become Abby like Turner. God. Jesus is about God becoming a man to meet us where we're at and help us get where he wants us to be in eternity. Yeah. So I have a thought, and maybe you guys have more thoughts, but why did Jesus become human? Like, John's pointing this out real clearly in the first few verses here. Why did, why did Jesus need to take on humanity? Why did he have to become flesh and, and you know, hang out with us? Well, one of the most often quoted verses Break is that in. In, maybe. in chapter 3. John chapter 3, uh, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life what's the point i mean god sent jesus jesus came because he loved us he, he loved the human race he loved individuals he loved people he loved you and loved me enough to come to where we are and then rescue us from our dilemma and our dilemma is that we would perish without him that's that's the whole point that those that believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life those are the options and jesus is has come and done what he has done so that we could have the option of choosing everlasting life. Without him, that option goes away. Yeah, I think, again, referencing John at the very beginning, and we kind of skimmed over it, but I love the power of the, the, the word becoming flesh and then that light being dwelt among us, right? That the light is shining in the darkness right. amongst us in humanity, not dwelling somewhere distantly right. away from us where we don't understand, right? He... Jesus himself is the presence of God. 
in God's life and light, and he makes this life and light available to us human beings yeah. by dwelling amongst us, by coming into the darkness, yeah. right? And I love the, the fact that, I mean, light always defeats darkness, right? Yeah. Light is always, I mean, no matter how small of a light you have, it always expels darkness around it. In fact, light is the only way to, to overcome expel darkness. darkness. Yeah, and little I, a little precursor to Sunday. There's a line in a song we're going to sing. It says, did you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? So no matter how dark it is, light, Jesus. Yeah. And I love his I love his foreshadowing of light and, and darkness and that Jesus is light. Like, it's physically impossible for dark to win over light. Yeah. It's just impossible. Impossible. Yeah. And that's John. If you want to read the you know, rest of John, you're going to see that theme of life, the three, like three L's, life compared to death in all of John. You're going to see light versus darkness, mm-hmm. and you're going to see love. And, all, you know, those are some major themes that John keeps <laughs> writing and Very referencing. And, um, and, then, and then John's going to point to this point, and then other authors of the New Testament, like Paul, are going to point to this fact that Jesus understands your suffering. Jesus understands your temptation, your trials, because he went through them. Jeff just made a comment on uh, on Facebook. Doesn't it, it makes him more relatable to us, right? As right. our God yeah. relating to us in flesh. He's not this distant God. He, he, he put on flesh. He came in human form for us to be able to relate and understand this person. And again, I think that's what John is getting to. Like, I was able to physically touch my God. Yep. I was able to weep with my Savior. Right. Mm-hmm. I was able, able to go through these things. We hugged each other. We loved each other. He loved me. Yeah. My God came down and loved me. Right. And he's so he's saying for us even today, like a thousand years later he's like he loves you yeah. i mean i was able to see that and and that is such a more powerful uh again incarnation of god's love and light and life and the word Cindy, yeah. so Cindy we, McHugh said the same thing she said as a as a conduit for us to understand him better right so on both ways for us to connect with him right the invisible god became visible mm-hmm. and like as as much as we can comprehend who god is like we run out really quickly on our brains yeah like i'm not that smart none of us are that smart so the invisible God became visible in a way. Here's the other thing that I, I just found so fascinating, too, of why Jesus uh, became put on flesh was um, the Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 uh, says this. Since the children have flesh and blood, since you and I have flesh and blood, Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who are all who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And just kind of coming out of Easter the last couple of weeks uh, and with the reality of, you know, people going with COVID and, and all the other stuff that happens in life where there's a, a lot of times this grip, this fear of death in our lives. Right. But because of Jesus and the love he had for us, like you'd mentioned, that he came, he put on flesh so that he could conquer death. And now as a Christ follower, death's off the table. It has no more power in our lives. Right. Therefore, the fear of death has no more power in our lives because we have life through Jesus who died and then rose again. And the guy who loves us proved it by dying for us and then predicted that he was going to pull that off ahead of time, many times and over. You mm-hmm. know, he's like, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise. And there you go. Uh, I'm going to go with that guy. Yep, he offers life and resurrection power. And yeah. so uh, the fear of That's death good. is off the That's table. really good. Did you, did you come up with that? That was really good. Uh, thank you. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's always a collection of other people's Heck inputs yeah. and thoughts. You I, probably said really something good. good, and I was like, I'm going to no, take that. And then not just even, but that was really good. I, I was yeah. being genuinely All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just like, 
you know, the power of death is Scott was quoting one of our favorites uh, who came up with that line, and it really stuck with all of us, and Ben's teasing him about that, in case you were wondering. <clears throat> hey, this is just our meeting. This is how it goes. Week, yep. Correct? Right? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I wanted Sorry. to get back to John 14, because we left off there. The Word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. So that's, we've seen him. We touched verse him. verse 14, right? Did I say something else? No. Yeah, I'm in verse 14. Got it. 14. Um, we, we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, and then I want to focus on these last what, five words here, full of grace and truth. This is huge. Uh, we've, we've, um, we've made a lot of this over the months and years in our messages and in our culture here at Mission Church, uh, emphasizing the fact that it takes both. We can't just be so full of grace, you know, kindness and consideration and tolerance and forbearance and all of that, that goes that, that makes up what grace is. We can't be so full of grace that we do it at the expense of truth, but we can't be so full of truth that we do it at the expense of grace. And we've all probably run into Christians that are big on the truth, but there's not really much grace in how they live that out and how they communicate that to you. And then there's others that's like, oh yeah, grace, grace, we've got to be kind, we've got to be nice to each other, but they sometimes lose sight of what the real truth is. And so it's our, I think it should be all of our ambition to be as full of grace and truth proportionately as we possibly can. Jesus is our example. So for me, it, I don't, I don't want to, this is just me rambling a little bit, but this is me, like, the, the, I don't want truth to be confused. A lot of times when I hear grace, I hear grace, New Testament, um, truth, Old Testament, and law. Like, that's not what John is referring to, and I understand not what at all. you're referring to. So I want to be clear that, tr that the truth part of the grace and truth is not legalism, is not Old Testament law is not, you can't have tattoos and you can't drink and you can't have your hair a certain length and you can't wear makeup or jewelry or whatever. Like it's not the specific set of guidelines that religion put on us. That's not what the truth in right. that statement Absolutely. means. God is 100% grace and 100% truth. He's 0% law and 0% works. Correct. And, and for our discussion's sake here today, let's just think in terms of the truth that we've already talked about. So what is the truth? That God created everything. It didn't happen because of evolution. God, God made it. What we've learned is Jesus is God, so he made it. We've learned that Jesus actually became a man, so the incarnation. Those are true things, and we can embrace those things, but we need to do so with lots of grace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, verse 17 kind of hits yeah. to your point, Ben, so there. Good. that, And I, I have a different translation than you're reading, Craig, but talking about that grace and truth, the unfailing love and faithfulness is the way uh, my Bible says it. In verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. So there we go. What version is that? This is uh, NLT. NLT. So that, that and the fulfillment NIV says of, basically the same thing. Yeah, that yeah. grace and truth. So we have the law that we read in, in the Old Testament, Moses specifically giving us these rules and commands as a way to relate to God and as a way to find right standing before God. And then John's like, yeah, but Jesus came with this grace and truth together packaged in the flesh, in the word, that, that is now this revelation to us as the, you know, like you referenced in 3.16, this, this way to salvation, this way to righteousness, it, it, all in the person of Jesus that's fulfilled in grace and truth and not law and legalism, but in his gracious, merciful love for us. Yeah, and the reality of the truth of that we're, every single person is born spiritually dead that is in need of life and restoration. John's mentioned it here, not just born of natural descent, but of, you know, children of God, you know, spiritual children of God. He talks about that later when Jesus is saying, hey, you can't just be born of water. You gotta be, you know, like a natural birth, but you gotta have water and spirit, be spiritually reborn. Um, and 
And, and Scott, you know, in our culture today, the idea that we're all born sinners, born with a sinful nature, is a very unpopular idea. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a whole lot of people that just like want to push that idea away and just talk about how we're all, there's goodness in all of us. We can all, you know, we should appreciate the goodness in all of us, and yeah. and we're all, you know, our motives and our intentions and our hearts are all good, and we can, you know, and and that that idea obscures the reality or the truth that we've just read about. And but this and, and and the lines can get kind of blurry there too because at the start of the story of humanity is we are born in the image of God. We're created in the image of God. Right. Everybody has worth and has value that's equal. Um, you know, it gets kind of crazy when people start saying you're less than or you're better than other people, and it's like, man, everybody is a is an image bearer of my heavenly Father, and so how I Absolutely. treat that person, how I interact with that person. Uh, but the reality is, we are in need of spiritual life. Um, Correct. And and nothing's worse than having you know stuff be dead, uh, dead cell phone batteries, <laughs> whatever. Right? I pulled in my driveway last night and um, ran in, had to get something and then was gonna leave again, and I left my lights on. And I was in my house for maybe two minutes. I come back out, completely dead battery. Whoa. Oh, that was completely, fast. Like, <laughs> like real bad. It's battery issue there, bro. I had to run another errand, and so, I, I know, I like, is my battery broke? And I was like trying to start it, there was nothing, not even a click, and then I was rolling down backwards, because I have a manual transmission. I was rolling down through my driveway, and my brakes weren't really, power brakes weren't working really well, and I'm like, ah, I gotta stop. And, the, and anyways, but it was horrible to have dead, you know, a dead battery. I'm just. Is like, it safe for you to be on the road? Yeah, probably. We're all right. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say too about the the grace and truth. Sometimes we try to com compartmentalize. How was that for a lot of syllables? Mm, there compartmentalize. You go. Say, oh, there's grace, and then there's truth, and yeah. they're somehow in separate. Yeah, and in the, in the text, they are separated. Yeah, but d just how we live life, they're not separate. Yeah. There's it's always not. grace within truth, and there's always truth within grace. There's not like, oh, I got grace over here or truth, or somehow we're trying to balance. Like, I think the idea of in life, and if you're trying to balance everything in life, I think, I, I just think personally, I think that's just a bogus way to try to live life. Like, it's just not attainable. <laughs> try to get, get one of those balance boards. You know what I'm talking about? Those balance boards with, like, the ball, the roller in the middle, and you stand on it. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. like, a teeter-totter. Mm -hmm. Try to live life balancing that. Like, that's impossible. Right. Um, but there's things in these life that, that, that are tensions to be managed, right? That sure. there are these, that there, and I think that's what we talk about when that we talk about grace and about. truth, that it's not, it's not one or the other, but there is a tension to be managed that we all, and there's a lot of things like that. We did a series, um, Simply Complicated, right, where we talk about these ideas that um, there, there is this tension and there is this, you know, kind of breadth of an issue that seems either or for us, but right. isn't. In my mind, it's two sides of the exact same coin. And in the scripture, I think that's exactly what we have. We have one person, right? Jesus Christ. And he's described as being full of grace and truth. He's also full of light and life Love, and patience, a whole lot of other. Gentleness, yeah. kindness. I mean, just goes on and on. The character exactly. of God. All in one package, one yep. person. And so we're not talking about separating or trying to balance two opposing things. But there is still that tension in those, even within the person of who Jesus is, there were times when he went in the temple and he, you know, was pretty intense, drove out the money changers. And then he would be tender and forgiving and kind toward other people. It's one person, but right. different parts of who he is, depending on who he's relating to and what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just was thinking, too, sometimes that compartmentalization. Wow. Adding, adding more, more syllables, syllables to, the uh, to who Jesus is. 
You know, is, it, if, could, if we all get into this, we'll have compartmentalizationism. Okay. okay. All right. That's Too not far. a word. Too far. It is now. Is it? I just made oh, it up. Okay. That can't yeah. be a Google that. Give it about 10 Anyways, years, it'll be in the dictionary. That, that sometimes we try to live life that way. And if you're trying to follow Jesus and have him be in a separate, like, category of your life, or you've made a list of, like, priorities, there's Jesus, and then there's family, and there's work, and... I just don't think that's how we live life. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's good. As I'm with my family, I am loving Jesus, and I'm with my family, and I'm at work. Like, um, I sometimes include my family at work and with work, and it's just it's more holistic. And us, I think, as Americans, and we try to like separate out. I got I got this life, like fill in the blank life. Like I got church life, I got Jesus life, I got friends life, I got work life. Like we just don't live that way. And if we begin to view the character of God, like He's got this part of Him. And then it's totally separate, this part of them, and then totally separate, this. So when you talk about he's got rules or laws or forgiveness and grace yeah. and then mercy, like, okay, yeah. which That's good because I, like, I think we're, uh, we're figuring that out life. right now more than ever that all of those things are not one, right? Home life, church life, <laughs> work, work life, <laughs> school life. It's all at your house. It's all yeah, in your PJs, yeah. right? And so it's I, all I, happening I, in your, your living room. Your haircut life, <laughs> like everything is that. But I think that's a great house. example, right? We do compartmentalize these things in our life. Like on Sunday, I do this thing, and then I put it on the back burner for Monday. I go to work, and then I come home, and I got to spend time with my kids. And we maybe even like hourly with our calendar, we have these things. You got your work calendar and your home calendar. Like we are one person, right. and the, I think that's a perfect example of Jesus tying that in and giving us this example of that's the way our life is supposed to look. And again, I think right now we're being forced to maybe figure that out in a different way. Do you have any, I'm curious, do you have any questions on Facebook? I have a question on YouTube here. I Go just ahead. put it out there. So uh, Cindy McHugh asks, how can we use, and maybe we're getting a little off, but this is called rabbit trails, right? Yeah. How can we use apologetics to strengthen, maybe you should define that word for us too, um, to strengthen our impact on our community and support each other? Because kind of what we're doing is we're, we're talking about the scripture and how can we take what we're doing today mm -hmm. and use it on our, in our community and support each other? I think that's a good. I think that's a good question. Yeah. Well, actually, it, it's a two-part question because how can we use it in our community to to present Jesus well mm -hmm. to people that don't yet know Him, and then supporting each other is a is another part of that. I, I don't know that those are one thing. I think that's two things. You're compartmentalizing. I am compartmentalizing. Right, just checking. Yeah. Because I believe in compartmentalizationism. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I think it's a great question. I I got thought. You go. Got thought? No, no, go for it. I'd love for you to share. Yeah. It, your chair is squeaking. So. I know. Yeah. I don't know. You got to. <laughs> yeah, got some WD-40. Yeah. Um, you got some? I think I one of the great ways to engage people with who Jesus is is to ask a ton of questions. Um, ask them, you know, and maybe you have a friend or somebody would you'd want to read John together and then just talk about who they are. I think too often people come out and say, here's what you need to do and what you, how you need to think and what you need to believe. And it's like, I just want to share my experience with who Jesus is in my life and my story and ask you some questions like, well, where do you find life? Yeah, that's good. Like, how do you find peace for your soul? Like, what do you do? Like, as you read this, what do you think? Jesus is crazy. Is he you know, onto something here? Like, and engage people with lots of questions. And because um, you can't argue with your story. Yeah. Right. And and back to some of the early comments that you made. This, this is John's story, and and I think it is helpful to keep that in mind. Um, John says, "Hey, listen, I walked with a man." I spent three years with him. I, I saw what he did. I heard what he taught. I saw how he lived. 
I saw him be crucified. I saw him rise from the, or saw him after he'd risen from the dead. Right. Um, they, I, had, I, they had a breakfast uh, on the beach together a, after he, Jesus rose. Absolutely. Like, if you have breakfast with your resurrected friend. Yeah, I mean, who, who can say, well, John, no, you didn't, you didn't have those experiences. That's, you didn't do that. Yeah, actually, I did. You, you can't argue with the person's story. And we're reading the story. It is God's word, but we're reading the story of a man who experienced personal relationship yeah, with Jesus on earth. And if we take an honest look at that, we have to come to terms with some of the things that we're talking about here today. Maybe he, in fact, is God. Maybe he did predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off. Um, maybe he did do these miracles because this account here is historically reliable. Mm -hmm. Did we define apologetics? Are apologetics is, no. is not making <laughs> apologies for your faith. It's defending your faith. So the whole field of apologetics is, is, has as its um, objective to try and provide a good reason for the things that we believe. Right. So it's, it's defending our, our personal beliefs and convictions as Christ followers. Cool. I think too often the apologetics has been abused and, and said, well, apologetics means telling you what I believe and defending why I believe it. But I also have to convince you to believe how I believe, and then there's apologetics. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way of Jesus. Yeah. I think apologetics is say, this is the reason I believe. Like, I'm looking at it. I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. But uh, I'm, try I'm following Jesus. I'm trying to understand. And you can believe whatever you want. I, I feel like that's apologetics. Because yeah. um, our experiences in life, because we've all been through different situations, been all been raised different, all have had different church experiences and different experiences and encounters with God. And so all of our experiences really go into how we view what Jesus yeah. said and what the different people who wrote the scriptures said. And so based on my experience, I believe this of this, and based on what I've felt, can't argue with my story, mm -hmm. um, is why I believe what I believe of Jesus. And we, we believe there's definitely right and wrong ways of believing what Jesus said and what Jesus lived. We just talked about several of them. Yeah. And, so. and like you mentioned earlier, and we'll just kind of wrap it up, I think, because that's a great question to kind of how do we apply this. But like the people that Jesus walked with on the, on the road to Emmaus, like you said, they had a spiritual moment where they saw Jesus like in a new light, in a new way. And John's saying that too, like, hey, I want people to recognize him. I want people to recognize who Jesus is. And that takes the spirit of God in us to enlighten us to who he is and that we can understand who God is. And so, you know, that's what we're trying to do with Theology Thursdays is to um, bring about a conversation and point to Jesus. Um, the good news is, is that he loves us and that we get to share uh, in his glory, like his party, his eternal party. And it's because of his work on the cross, his death and resurrection that conquered death, conquered the penalty of sin in our life, and that we can opt into a relationship with Jesus um, by just surrendering to him and yeah. saying, I'm in. You're, right. you're the source of life and you're the source of light in the world. I'm in on, on following you. Uh, and it's because of your work on the cross, not because of any effort, any like spiritual right doing on my part that I get to participate in that, but to share an eternal life because of Jesus's death on the cross and resurrection. And so yeah, it's just want to make sure we're, you know, Theology Thursdays are, are not just a discussion, but practical application on how yeah. do we help our community be better? How do we help the people around us? How do we grow as ourselves? And so. So I want to go back just briefly to Cindy's question. So how can we help encourage one another, support one another, and help each other present Jesus well to, to the people in our sphere of influence? I, I think that the verse we left off with or stopped at is maybe a good verse to end on. It says, okay. no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God 
and is in closest relationship with the Father, he has made him known. So how do I know what God is like? How do I know how to navigate a relationship with God? How do I know how to frame my personal beliefs in God? I look to Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus later will say to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Um, so as we take a look at Jesus in the scripture, in the historical account of his, of his life, his death, and his resurrection, um, we are, are seeing a picture of what God is like, and that helps us uh, define and um, understand personal faith. We're, it's not guesswork. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just for uh, it's a good note to end on, you read verse 18 there. Uh, we didn't get too far in chapter one. Uh, <laughs> if you're, you're, you know, encourage you to read along at home, read chapter one again. Um, we're going to probably get into chapter one and two, you know, next probably. week. And I uh, uh, just want to be helpful. And if you got uh, questions or comments, feel free to, to email us info at mc.life or put them in the comments here and we'll include them in the, the next go round. But uh, yeah, just thanks for joining us for Theology Thursday and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating so others can find it as well.